for freedom every day. They're learning at a young age. They're being taught the socialists control the ones that are blaming Republicans for being Nazis, for being fascists, the ones that are promoting some type of cancel culture, the ones that are promoting some type of agenda of uh, shadow banning. Realize at a young age that, hey, sure, you can have your freedom of speech, but we can block your funding. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome to it. It's hour number two of our weekend edition here at the Voice of Reason broadcast live out of the heart of the nation here at the Hoosier Media Network Studios as we broadcast from coast to coast, baby, all over the place. Rocking and rolling, trying to recap your weekend, trying to figure out the shenanigans and the malarkey of the world in the political realm as we do here on the program each and every week. Coming up, bottom of the hour, we have Steve Carr. He is with Shared Abundance and Thrive Life, thrivelife.com, where you can find their freeze-dried foods. Prepare yourself a little bit. We'll talk about the economy, the supply chain issues, and a heck of a lot more. Uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Had a heck of a first hour as well with Phil Kirpin with American uh, uh, AmericanCommitment.org, which you can check out as well. This hour, uh, there is, again, I, I started off the program in the first hour saying that I really don't mind being president because if I could be president and have a vacation time, 40% of my time is a, in job, then I would be okay. I mean, any job out there, if you're on vacation 40% of the time, I'm pretty sure, could be wrong here, you can correct me if I am wrong, but I'm pretty sure that you would not have that job for a whole lot, a whole lot longer than you do right now, right? Uh, well, sorry, boss, but I'm on vacation again. I'm out. The other person, however, that's stepping up isn't a whole lot better, and I think mentally she's on vacation now. She's not quite as bad yet of what we've seen the last week of Mitch McConnell and Diane Feinstein and Joe Biden, obviously, with the gaps that they've made throughout. But she hasn't been a whole lot better. This was her just a couple of days ago talking about how much money that they've actually invested in banks and local banks across the nation. And so for years, we have worked to expand investment in community banks because, you see, community banks specialize in providing loans and financial assistance to small business owners, in particular, those in overlooked and underserved communities, including rural communities. And as the name suggests, community banks are in the community. They understand the needs of the people they serve. They understand the capacity and the opportunity, such as the capacity and the opportunity of this community that big banks often overlook or just don't get. And so building on the work that, as you heard, I led as the United States Senator, and since taking office, President Biden and I have invested nearly $12 billion in our community banks. All right, there it is. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but community banks are part of the the community, and the community banks are with the community, unlike some of those evil big banks, because they're the evil corporations, although the evil big banks are the ones that probably fund her campaign and the Democrat agenda for most of the time, but... We're investing billions of dollars into the community banks because the community banks are part of the community. Yeah, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense. There are community banks. They also have state banks. Are you investing in the state banks? What about the big ones like Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, Bank of America? I, I don't know if you're aware or not yet, Kamala Harris, but you might want to cover up a little bit because your ESG is showing. Oh, no, that's not a naughty term. Although it is, I guess, to a degree. Uh, with the ESG that they're promoting, why do you think in the world that they are promoting and trying to invest in community banks across the nation? More than likely, 
they're investing in those community banks, number one, because they're part of the community, but because they're looking to try and dangle that carrot in front of them to promote the ESG movement with that environmental and equity yankety yankety yank garbage that they're doing. So that way, even the community banks are held to the federal government in some way, shape, or form. The mobsters moving forward with their agenda. Speaking of the community, at the community level, that's where it's all at, right? Election time, your involvement, community things to try and help the world, to help the world around you by fixing your community and by then the community being stronger and being able to be that example moving forward. There was a memorial this week regarding the Parkland massacre that happened in 2018. And in the Parkland community, they ended up doing the memorial, but they also are continuing their investigation on what really happened with the Parkland shooter. And what I mean by investigation is not trying to look at exactly why someone would go in and do a massacre in the public school like that. Maybe they don't want to know. Maybe they already know. Maybe they know and just don't want to tell us. Whatever the case may be, maybe it's just mentally instability. Maybe it's the lack of government being able to actually enforce their job and do what they need to do. Whatever the situation may be, they continue on their investigation and more than likely on the wrong thing. Because right now the investigation is whether the Broward Sheriff's Deputy Scott Peterson that was actually at the school that did not go into the school during the shooting, but sat there on the radio trying to call in more people for help and waited there for like 40 minutes on whether he was aware of the shooter and whether he could have actually done anything about the shooting. And by doing that, they did an investigation by doing a reenactment of the actual shooting, firing 140 bullets at the uh, Marjorie Stoneman at Douglas High School on Friday as, a, as the reenactment to investigate where 17 people were dead, 17 left injured as well, to see whether he was able to hear it, and potentially, through the scenario, walking the same path, entering the same door, doing the same things as what was actually done just a few years ago, on whether there would have been any opportunity for him to have been stopped at all. Now, I question on why that's even necessary, because it's already done. Sure, we could try and do some preventative measures, 2020 hindsight, see what we could have done to make sure it doesn't happen again in the future, But we're focusing on the wrong thing here, are we not? Aren't we supposed to be focused on, oh, I don't know, like why someone will actually want to do a shooting in the first place? But that never seems to be a topic of conversation except for during the moment when people that are involved and that are affected by it are like, why? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my family? Why did this happen to my community? We ask it then, but do we still ask the question of the shooter in Las Vegas on why he did what he did? Do we still ask the question... Uh, well, I guess that's a bad example. I was going to use the guy that went and shot the shot up the Republicans in the baseball field. Well, we already know that one because he openly said that he was a Bernie Sanders supporter and he hated Republicans. So we already have that answer. But other school shootings, why do we never ask the question why instead of who to blame? You know what? At the end of the day, the sheriff, the undersheriff that was there that did not act appropriately We already know deep down we know what the answer is. The answer is that he got scared. He questioned everything that he was trained for, and he didn't want to go in by himself, so he sat out there and called for backup and waited for other people to go in and do it. It's unfortunate, but that's just kind of the human reaction unless you're prepared to go into that sort of situation, and it just kind of comes naturally to you. We already know the answer to this at a subconscious level. We don't have to go any deeper. The bigger question is, What are we going to do to continue to prevent school shootings from happening? Well, the state of Colorado kind of going the opposite direction in our latest in what's trending. 
What's trending today? As the state of Colorado, starting on Monday, coming up here in just a couple of days, is officially uh, seeing a new law take effect, SB 23-169, that was passed by the Colorado legislature, signed by Governor Jared Polis in the state, that would do some more gun reforms by raising the age to purchase a firearm to the age of 21. Now, I'm not quite sure exactly what that would do. Because that's not going to stop all the shootings. Will it stop maybe some of the high school shootings? Sure. But at the same time, usually by the age of 18, then you're kind of out of high school anyways. And usually you have to be 18 to do that. So I don't know exactly what this is going to do other than just do what we've done with every other issue is delay adolescence. I have a couple of friends who are of the Hispanic community, the Mexican community. And he was talking about the... What do they call it the, for their 15-year-old girls? Because we have the Sweet 16. They have their um, their 15-year-old celebration for their girls. And I can't remember. The Quintanera. And he was talking about the massive amount of money that he's spending on. Like 20 grand he's spending on this Quintanera. We have our Sweet 16 in our culture. and But either one, I love the fact that we have a tradition because we have essentially a rite of passage. Because our culture in the United States right now does not have a culture of the rite of passage. We do not transition boys or girls into manhood or womanhood. And I'm not talking about trying to change their gender into manhood or womanhood. I'm talking about the actual rite of passage to become a man and be considered a man or be considered a woman. You are now an adult. It's time for you to take on adult responsibilities. And it's time for you to take up this role in society on whatever you choose to do with your life moving forward. We don't have that. And in fact, what used to be at 14, 15, 16 years old, we're now extending that adolescence. We've extended to you can't smoke cigarettes and buy cigarettes until the age of 21. Now in Colorado, you can't purchase a firearm until the age of 21. You're not allowed to buy alcohol until the age of 21. However, you can vote at the age of 18. You can kind of sort of sign up for the military at the age of 18, although there's less of those in the new generations doing that. So we're all over the place and don't have a set time on when adults are officially adults, when children are no longer children. And I think that's one of the issues, subconsciously, the psychologist and me coming out, saying that this is probably one of the reasons why children are so confused on what role they're supposed to be taking in society. Now, when it comes to firearm purchases... Increasing the age to 21 is not going to stop school shootings. And I know that's exactly why they're trying to promote this, because there have been a a few school shootings in Colorado. Obviously, the big one from a few years ago and shortly just a few years after that was one that I was involved in. And I know I've told this story many times on my weekday show. I've told it on Armed American Radio. I haven't said it to this new audience for our syndicated program. So I'll give you the quick summation here. But my senior year in Bailey, Colorado, Platte Canyon High School, you can look it up in September of 2006, the beginning of my fresh, or beginning of my senior year of high school, we had a school shooting. And it was a guy who was not a student, who wasn't even part of the community, who was from Denver, Colorado, wrote like an 18-page suicide letter, said he was done with life, and that his family would regret the things that he was about to do as he drove an hour out of his way up into the mountains to our little bitty school where my graduating class was 120 students, 400 students in the entire high school, relatively small. We knew everybody around there. Walked in with a hoodie and a backpack and had his hoodie on and the hood on so that way no one could recognize him. Walked into a class that happened to be in the classroom directly above where I was at in the computer lab at that time at about 10 o'clock in the morning. Fired off a shot, which I heard 
I thought it was a chair that someone had smashed or something because it was loud right above us. Shot off around, told the boys to get out of the classroom, told the teacher to get out of the classroom, held six of the girls captive where he sexually assaulted all six of them. And then by the end of the day, after that happening at 10, 15 in the morning, he told police that it would be over at 4 p.m. It would be done. He didn't want anything. There's no negotiation. Leave me alone. I'll be done at 4 p.m. At 4 p.m., the SWAT team blew the hole in the wall and charged after him. There was one girl left in the classroom. She took off running. He shot her in the back of the head and killed her and then turned the gun on himself. And police don't know whether it was his bullet or theirs that ended his life. It was an extremely long day. And one of my very dear friends, Emily Keys, was the one who passed away in that shooting. And was it traumatizing? Sure, it was traumatizing for a high school student like that. At the same time, I ask you, where in any way, circumstance, situation, regulation, could the government have done something to prevent that from happening? He legally purchased a firearm. It was a handgun. He had no criminal record prior to. And he wanted to end his life and go out with a bang, so to speak. And he did that. So this whole movement of we're going to raise the sale of purchasing a firearm to the age of 21 because we're going to get rid of these uh, shootings at schools, that's not going to solve the issue here. And just like we usually do in politics, and especially with Democrats who look at more control than they do actually substance, are completely missing the issue, sidestepping it, and looking for ways to control you more on a daily basis. We'll do some more of this when we come back here on The Voice Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. However you watch or listen to the show, we always love you to death and appreciate you very much. Uh, I don't tell that story to be solemn and sad, and I know many people have already heard that if they've listened to my show for a stint of time. But for new listeners, I wanted you to be aware, uh, just not to be like, oh, hey, check out my life story. But because it's important, while they try to push this garbage regulation, is it really going to do anything? Is it really going to stop anything? And in fact, there's a little bit more sinister approach to this as well. As we continue to delay adolescence, we delay the ability to buy a firearm until the age of 21. We hear the Department of Education now at the national level that is trying to curb uh, gun violence. And I use that in air quotes right now for our radio listeners. They want to curb violence by threatening school districts across the nation. If you have a hunter safety course or an archery class at the school by cutting off your funding. Oh, yes. This is what mobsters do, right? That's what the bullies do, right? Either you do what we do or else you're going to cut off the funding. And that's why when we see, like Kamala Harris said at the beginning of the hour, saying, oh, we're going to invest all these billions and trillions and gazillions of dollars into the community banks because they're part of the community, that just ties the financial ties to the federal government for their regulation again. Because as they push this ESG movement, it's going to be the, well, either you ban and start cutting off bank accounts for those who try to buy firearms or else... You're not going to get licensed to continue to be a bank and operate in the nation. You need to be part of the equity and diversion and inclusion garbage or else we're not going to allow you to continue to operate 
as a business. They're trying to control at that local level. And while they continue to delay that adolescence and they try to bully the department or the school boards across the nation by not allowing hunter safety courses, not allowing archery courses at the school through the Department of Education, what's that going to lead to? Well, it's going to lead to, obviously, a bunch of kids that don't know how to actually handle firearms, at least through the school, which means it's up to the parents, which most parents are going to do that if they're involved in that already. But the other ones are not going to know. And when they do come across a firearm, they don't even like to pass the Eddie Eagle program from the NRA from crying out loud, saying that, hey, if you see a gun, don't touch it. Leave it on the ground. Go tell an adult. What a wild concept. But now that's apparently bad as well. Our Democrat governors vetoed that for the last three years in a row as well because she apparently doesn't like the Eddie Eagle program saying that it could be detrimental to students. What's going to be detrimental to students is them not know what to do with the firearm. Then it automatically or accidentally go off and then harm somebody. And then guess what? They now have their narrative saying that there's been a massive increase of accidental shootings and accidental discharge of firearm because people don't know how to handle them. And therefore, instead of training people on how to properly handle them, now they can say, well, Just another excuse to try and get rid of the firearms across the nation. A little bit more sinister there than just trying to delay the adolescence, isn't it? Very interesting. Hey, I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. Obviously, we've been held hostage with an economic stagnation for the past three years. Our inflation's at 15 to 20% right now over a three-year period, near 30% inflation alone just on food. It's getting harder to buy the essentials. You know it. We talk about it a lot on this show. Americans for Prosperity are now launching a massive nationwide campaign for the summer, calling it their Bidenomics on what it actually is, which is the failed economic policies of the Joe Biden administration. The fact checkers are here, like the real ones, not the fake ones that we see all the time. And it's time to let the people know what's really going on. Be part of the Bidenomics' broken campaign by letting everyone that you know the truth about the economy, whether it's helping knock on doors, making phone calls, financially supporting the organization, or just talking to your families and friends and neighbors It's time that we bring some truth, reason, and common sense back to the economy and to the conversation about the economy. And that's what Americans for Prosperity is doing, the country's largest grassroots organization with chapters in every single state and over 4 million advocates nationwide. Find more information at americansforprosperity.org, americansforprosperity.org. Also find them on their social media at AFPHQ, and you can find the information. Bring the truth out. Let people know about the Bidenomics. All we have to do is educate people and step out of the way and let the Democrats self-destruct on how bad things actually are with Bidenomics and do that with Americans for Prosperity. All right, when we come back right around the corner, we have Steve Carr, Shared Abundance, and Thrive Life to talk about how bad that economy could be, the supply chain issues, and a heck this of a lot more. Stay here. the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program on the home stretch, baby. Here, last half hour of the program, boy, oh boy, it flies right on by each and every day. We always appreciate you hanging out with us as always. The Department of Education putting that bully tactic onto local school districts, saying, "Hey, if you have a hunter safety course or an archery class, then we're going to cut your funding." Just reaffirms the idea that we need to be—I uh, don't know—a little bit more dependent or independent i'm sorry we don't want to be dependent we want to be independent we don't want to be self-sufficient we want to do things on our own which is really at the end of the day what we want now that's opposite of what um a certain elected official tries to tell us 
and what they've said throughout the years, because apparently they just want us to be dependent on the government. And we just want the government to take care of us, right? Most people, the vast majority of Americans are hoping that their government just takes care of the problem. (laughs) I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. Actually, we could say probably not. But let's get into what's trending today. What's trending today? The question is, how do we be more self-sufficient? How do we take care of ourselves, not just in the situation of maybe unstable supply chain issues, maybe because of, well, I don't know, we're going into fall semester or the fall season, which means we have hurricanes, we have tornadoes, we have terrible things that go on, we have heat, we have high a bad economy. The inflation is out of the control, and I don't know if you're aware or not, but when they say that we're at a 3 4 5% inflation rate across the nation, that's this year compared to the previous year. The previous year is on top of the year before that. So when we look at inflation, the question is, how far back are you actually going? There's a lot of people that like to go out and go to the market and maybe just get something every day. I'm going to go get the fresh thing right now, and I'm just going to make my food for the day, and then I'll go to the store again tomorrow. And while that's good and you like things fresh, totally understand it, may not be the best opportunity for when things could potentially happen, which is why you need to prepare yourself, which is why you need to kind of brace and have things on the backup and ready to go just in case that disaster may happen. To talk about some of that and more, happy to have back on the program with us. He's with Shared Abundance, also with Thrive Life, thrivelife.com. You can check him out online. Mr. Steve Carr. Steve, what's going on, brother? Well, listen, uh, Andy, I loved what you had to say. Uh, you know, we are in the season here where people are looking at going back to school. And, you know, my friend, um, I'm just sharing with people the honesty for most people in public school is that we're not sending our kids, Andy, back to school. We're sending our kids back to indoctrination. And people have to realize, I think, that, hey, listen, we really need to know what our kids are being indoctrinated in every single day and really become active in the public school system because God entrusted our kids first and foremost to us. And also, as you mentioned, you know, a lot of these kids, um, when they go back to school, Andy, they get out of a healthy eating lifestyle. And these are a couple areas that Thrive Life really means a lot to me. I'm a grandfather now. Uh, I did everything from homeschool some of my kids to private school some of my kids. I have six kids uh, to public school uh, and even at different times. Um, And I I get all that and I understand all that. And we need to be the light in our school system. But we also need to really take the initiative as far as what our kids are eating. And one of the things that we've talked about, Andy, that I love about Thrive Life You know, you get a can of freeze-dried blueberries. There's one ingredient in the can. Guess what it is, right? Yeah. (laughs) And I've seen my grandkids, my kids. Uh, I was just out in Illinois with uh, my oldest daughter and her two huge sons, one 6'3", the other one 6'1". And these kids just love these, um, you know, blueberries out of the can. Uh, They use, you know, for smoothies, et cetera, et cetera. And it's really, really healthy. No preservatives. It's clean food. It's raw food. It's freeze-dried food. And, you know, we can eat it today, Andy. We can store it for tomorrow. And we can also, when things continue to get more and more dicey with our banking system and so forth, we can use it for a currency. That's what the currency used to be, you know, before we had paper. uh, You know, what's in your wallet, right? Well, plastic and paper. And, uh, 
that's okay, but why not have something that's really tangible, that's healthy for our kids as well? It's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because, again, right now it is difficult to definitely eat something clean and healthy and nice when you go back to school. But also with the fall season, like we mentioned, I mean, it's hurricane season in parts of the country. It's also uh, tornado. I live in Kansas, and our previous governor a couple of times ago, uh, Sam Brownback, had had fun with October, saying that October was zombie preparedness month. Not necessarily for the zombies, although I am prepared for that if that happens as well. But uh, it's it's the time for severe thunderstorms, for tornadoes, for when bad things happen. And if the power goes out and you can't cook, if the you know the truck can't get to the grocery store because the uh, roads were flooded, it's that time of year where that stuff could potentially happen. And you need to be ready for just something simple like that. We're not, I mean, I, it's, it's funny when we always talk about trying to stock up food, they always laugh about the preppers. But it's not just about prepping. It's just about being prepared for basic stuff, not for a nuclear attack, right? Absolutely. And I think I shared with you personally, and, you know, I've always struggled with weight. You know, I wrestled in college and I've been an athlete my whole life. I work out four times a week. But even with that, I still struggle with my weight. And what I found, my friend, is as I substitute more and more Thrive Life food, they have over 100 products, meats, fruits, vegetables uh, at thrivelife.com, I'm losing weight. I just told Janice uh, that I've lost another couple pounds. I've lost over 14 pounds now in the last few months. And it's just by eating better food, healthier food. And the last thing I want to share, I love fall. It's my favorite season, uh, Andy. And what's so cool is this stuff really works extremely well in stir fries, in soups, in stews, and again, no preservatives, you know, uh, it's just good, clean food, and uh, the kids love it when it's prepared uh, properly. It takes a little bit of adjustment on the rehydration, uh, but they have a lot of beautiful recipes and instructions by chefs and so forth of how to rehydrate this uh, and make it so that, you know, people really love it. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. We're talking with Steve Carr with ThriveLife.com. I mean, you hear about other types of, you know, prepping businesses out there. But like you said, this is a unique one, which is why I love it and why uh, I enjoy talking about it is because, like you said, it's freeze-dried. For those that don't know the freeze-dried, there's, you know, they're not the preservatives in there. You freeze-dry it, and then you can either freeze-dried, which uh, a couple weeks ago I was sitting here with a can of the raspberries here just eating it right out of the can because I enjoyed it that way. But you can put it in the water and re-inflate it and re-soak it back up and then cook and do whatever you need to do. But like you said, it's the product and the potential recipes if you want to find something on the website as well. It's ways for you to be healthy and be prepared at the same time. And also, and it's a way to support a company that even though food prices have been going through the ceiling, they have not raised their food prices This is a company that believes in what you and I believe in rather than funding companies that are totally opposed to us, are into the ESG, the whole woke movement. This is not that kind of company. It's a win-win-win scenario for everybody who wants to get involved. Yeah, I'm glad you went down that road because I wanted to talk about that next. We've seen just this last week, we've seen the latest numbers on Bud Light that's down 30%. We've seen the reports of Kohl's and of Target and of all these other groups because either being forced through the ESG movement of the government or because of just their own personal decisions. Disney's on the way down as well. I mean, all across the board, 
it's it's unfortunate, but we're seeing a segregated economy right now. And when you decide to spend your hard-earned money on something, which is difficult to do with the inflation rates right now, but when you do decide to spend your money on something, then you have to make sure it's going to the appropriate place. It's actually fighting for the same values that you have. Absolutely. And, you know, it's beautiful, too, that people who get involved at least try it, you know, with Thrive Life. Um, we will match up to $100, whatever they buy. So this is a buy one, get one. Just mentioned that you've heard this on the Hoosier radio network. Uh, and it's a lot. You can get a lot of food for $100. And again, we will match it if you just mention that you're making your order because you heard this on the Hoosier radio network. So not only are you eating better, not only are you providing your kids healthier options, not only are you supporting this network, but you're also supporting a company that's in line with your value system. And Andy, I really appreciate the boycotts and everything. I think they've got a lot of power, but I want to move beyond just cursing the darkness into lighting candles and having positive impact and being able to say to people, hey, listen, you don't have to settle buying from these companies that you know are opposed to your values. Yeah, that is true. I mean, you don't want to spend your money on something that's going to fight against you at the end of the day. It's always good to support it. And like you said, it's more than just being negative. Talk radio sometimes turns into a, a negative platform just to rant and get on the pedestal and just try and go after something or somebody. But it's always about taking it to that next step of, all right, that's cool. We understand the issue. What's now going to be the solution? And that's what we're all about here on The Voice Reason is trying to find those solutions because we're the thinkers and the problem solvers, baby, is what we're all about. we got to take a break here. <laughs> In just a minute, we're talking with Steve Carr with the Thrive Life, thrivelife.com. Again, you can go and check it out with all the products, all the recipes, all the great stuff that they have, and supporting a business that actually has the same values that you have, which is desperately needed in today's age. And as we talk about the importance of trying to support those businesses right now, right now is that time on where we actually put our money, what our mouth is, and support on what the future may look like is that segregation of the economy continues that I think is only going to get worse throughout the years as well. Uh, when we come back, we got to take a break here in just a minute, but when we come back, I want to talk about supply chain issues that we've talked about briefly before, but are they getting better or are they getting worse and how weak that is because one small storm, one small flood, one small tornado, one something could be an issue to where we, you might not be able to get the resources that you need in your local community and that could be a very scary thing and are you ready for that? And on that health front, I know it's not New Year's resolution right now, but... Can you actually stay healthy as well? Do all that and more coming up. One more segment right around the corner to wrap up your weekend edition of The Voice of Reason. Stay right there. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into the program. we got just a couple minutes left here on the program. Oh, how the time flies. We'll have to do it again next weekend. What do you say? You and me, it's a date. We'll make it happen. Uh, as soon as the program's over, I'm still debating on whether I actually want to purchase this or not. But we have, there's a big fight going on this weekend. It's a boxing, it's a show that pretends to be boxing, but the uh, uh, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz fight, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to purchase the money on that one or not because, well, I, it's a joke, and I don't want to support 
the Paul brothers in any way, shape, or form. But I really want to watch Nate Diaz kick his butt. So that would be a fun one. We'll talk about that maybe in a couple minutes here as well. We're hanging out with Steve Carr right now. We've got a few minutes left. ThriveLife.com. Go and check them out. You can see the recipes. You can see all the great products that they have to where you can eat healthy and prepare for whatever may come your way. It's always good to have that stocked up just in case because you never know. Steve, i got to ask you, I've never seen in my life, I've never seen a media try to hype up how great an economy is doing when the people overwhelmingly in poll after poll after poll, even from their own media source, say that the economy is doing so badly. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it's great. Don't worry about the inflation that's sitting really high right now. Totally cool. Uh, don't worry about it. Just go on living your life like normal. Uh, I've never seen this before. This is kind of delusional, isn't it, Steve? Oh, do we have them? Yeah, oh, I'm go. here. Do you hear me there okay? I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And one of the things, Andy, that I really love about, you know, what you're doing and what we're building together in our private equity group, along with these select companies like Thrive Life, your radio network is uh, we are investing in people. Uh, we are investing in our own supply chain. We are investing to where we want to know what people's hopes and dreams are and help them not only with their budget, Andy, in feeding healthy food to their kids, but there's a whole network here that's being built. Uh, a lot of the groups that you have on your advertisers are people we know and believe in and are really linking hands with in a loving, caring way. Uh, we have an investment program uh, for people who, not just the $100, which will match free food, uh, but we even have beyond that where we have literally poured thousands and tens of thousands of dollars into people. Uh, we find out you know, what time, what their talents are, what their, uh, you know, treasures are, team them up with people of means. We have people in our group who are so heavily invested in people. We have one person, for example, who's a billionaire, uh, who's put over 1,000 inner city kids through college. Uh, so we're serious about this. Don't look to the government, folks. Um, you know, Reagan said, uh, <laughs> the last thing you want is somebody knocking on your front door saying, Hey, I'm from the government. Uh, can I help you? Can I solve your problem? It's always got strings attached and unfortunately now chains attached to it. We're seeing this more and more where they're censoring people. They're shutting down people. What we're into, Andy said it all along is freedom. It's liberation it's teaming up with like-minded people and win-win scenarios where we as a network, not just lone individuals where they can, you know, uh, se separate us from the pack uh, or the herd, but we can stand together. And again, folks, it doesn't have to be ugly. It, uh, I loved, I saw a bumper sticker once that said, hate is not a family value. So we can act in love. We can act intelligently. We can say, hey, listen, does this make sense to you? And if it makes sense to you, which every biblical concept that our founding fathers used in 1776 and even before that and after that, all makes sense. So anyway, um, folks, if you want $100 worth of free food, um, after purchasing $100 worth of free food, go to thrivelife, one word, dot com, go to shop. 
when you put together your order and pay for it, up to $100, we don't care if it's 50, 70, whatever, we'll match it to school. But who's the radio network? I love it. Yeah, use use the Hoosier Media Network. Let people know where you heard it from, and it's a great opportunity. Stock up, eat healthy, have some fun. We'll do it again soon, and we're going to talk about some of those health benefits because, as many of our listeners know, we like to talk about the health benefits, getting people off of pharmaceuticals, like you said, Steve, trying to be self-sufficient, not dependent on the government, and now we have a healthcare system that's dependent on the government as well. So we'll do it again here real soon. Steve, Steve Carr, ThriveLife.com. Go and check him out. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, brother. We'll do it again here real soon. We're out of time, my friends. It's all done. Already, it flies by so fast. But you know what? It's a date. We'll do it again here, same time, same place next week. And until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.